Welcome back all once again. We are in the building. We're in the hot seat. This is Two Girls and a Mic. I am Lala. Hey, I miss She Talks. And we are here to give you another amazing show. The best podcast in the world that should be a little bit more frequent. But we're, as we say, every time we do get on here, we're working on it. All right. We're working on it. We're working progress. Two girls in the mic, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get on with it. Cheryl, what you been up to, first of all? Do you know what? I know asyncs I've just been gangbanging my way through the week. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't. I've just been so calm and so principled and so not cussing anyone. <laughs> and just really like just on my work grind really, which yeah. is kind of like nothing new, but yeah, just loads of um loads of bits of work just sprouting out of my ears picking up cases which is good left right and center um but it just means there's a lot of prep going on so i'm i'm to be found <laughs> just at desks with my head in mm-hmm. pages pages and pages so that's it really what about you well i'm prepping for my event that i'm hosting oh yeah tell us Saturday. about that so it's called black women in fitness so Basically, it's an event that's hosted by myself. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's a collaborative event that I'm doing with Black Women in Everything, which is an amazing platform that mm-hmm. kind of celebrates women in different industries. Mm-hmm. So they've had different panel events where they've had people who are doing really, really well in different fields of industry. So it might be science, it might be law, it might be fashion, it might mm. be PR. So this time round, we're doing Black Women in Fitness, Fitness, which is hosted by myself. So we've got an amazing panel of maybe like six women who are just excelling in different areas of fitness so we've got a yoga person we've got someone who does events we've got another person who um does bodybuilding we've got just like loads of different women who are coming down just to share their experiences and just like talk to other people that might be either wanting to get into fitness or maybe are just they just like they've got questions about health about fitness about wellness so we'll be covering all of that stuff mm-hmm. so like i said i will be hosting asking mm-hmm. them loads of questions if you want so to is come it like down. a panel event yeah it's a panel event and where is it being held it's being held in um at the bubble theater it starts at three where is the bubble theater? bubble theater is in bermondsey right okay and it's just down there so come along you're ticket if you want one is on eventbrite or you can go to my page um at miss lala works it's in the bio go to at um, black girl fit fest or black women in everything or you can go to the two girls on the mic actual page it's in the bio so there's many different ways that you can get a ticket so tickets come down down, this saturday this saturday yes yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So I'm really looking forward to that. So shout out to everybody that's involved in that. But let us get on with the show. We need to talk about chicken. We need to talk about the government. And we need to talk about knife crime. And I never in my life thought that I would say those three things in one sentence, like Madness. ever. Um, yeah, so yesterday, I think that the Home Office had tweeted that they've done, um, they've, they've, they've come up with this amazing brainwave of a campaign to um, get in contact or work with three different chicken shops. I think Morney's is one, Cottage Chicken and maybe another one. And they came up with this idea of creating um, these little stories about people who had been stabbed or effect, affected by knife crime. 
and mm. put them inside the boxes of chicken so that when young people go there, they feel all warm and fuzzy inside and decide that, that you know, a life of crime um, knife crime in particular is not for them so as you can imagine when this was announced on twitter people were like what in the hell is going on mm. what is what's going on that's is to me the one of the things that is going on so it's supposed to be a campaign that seeks to teach people how they can go knife free and that's the hashtag hashtag knife free mm. and it's like okay so step one first <laughs> things first great idea of a campaign mm. let's see if we can get the youths to go knife free so you, one would think well let's think of the reasons why they are carrying knives right they feel insecure in their own environments they have heard that everyone else is carrying knives and so they then begin to 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 arm themselves there are young men who find themselves in so-called beefs gangs etc with other young men and knife crime is prevalent within those groups so then they start arming themselves on the basis that well I want to either defend myself or I'm going to use this against somebody mm. so there are all the kind of reasons now tell me from that point, how we get to, mm. <laughs> I know, in a bid to cut that out, mm. in a bid to stamp out that particular type of offending, we're going to write stories on a chicken box. I don't know about you, but when I go into, <laughs> when I go to, to take away, especially like a Morley's or something like that, I'm not... I don't even remember what the box looks like because I'm too busy tearing into the chicken. Thank you. So what do you think these kids, do you think these kids are going to stop mid-chew and be like, oh wow, what's what's this story here? Oh my God, I feel so in so inspired. The thing is, there's just, there's, it's, it's, it's such a nonsense. Mm. It becomes insulting. <laughs> That's where I am with it. It's an insult. <laughs> just like, and also as well, this is the same government that's been banging on about the fact that we have a huge obesity crisis. So mm -hmm. you're encouraging them to go and eat themselves into oblivion because what is it, is it deemed? To gather some of this yeah. information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, is obesity less of a problem than, than knife crime? Or are we exchanging one problem for the next? Or like, what, what, what are we doing here? What do you think the link is between <laughs> chicken mm. and the perpetrators or the people that <sighs> are involved oh, in? I don't know, Shez. Like, do you see where I'm coming from? That it is, it becomes, it, it, it not becomes, it truly is just offensive. Yeah. And I'm just like, apart from that, like even just from the, the moving away from the offense of it all, it also, in my view, tells us that either, either we have a government that doesn't have a clue and that's a possibility. Mm. That is definitely a possibility for them coming up with such a ridiculous harebrained scheme or what we really have is a government that don't really give a shit. And all of this is just some kind of lip service, some sort of, some sort of, you know, a mimic at 
being seen to do something. They're yeah. just, it's almost like, oh, let's oh, just, look, look what we're doing. Look what we're yeah. doing. Isn't this amazing? And I have to give credit to um, Marianne Mars, who's been a, um, a guest on this show last mm. season, um, because she made the point that once, if, if, if some young person reads one of these hashtag knife free stories and then sees okay, this is how they are saying one, um, they became knife free. Cause that's, I think, as I understand it, what the stories are yeah. like anecdotes of how other people became knife. I mean, let's even think how much detail can be put on a chicken box. Mm-mm-mm. But anyway, moving away from that, have the government also put money into the resources that the, that a young person who's read that and made the decision to say, I want to become knife free. Have they put money into the resources that are going to assist that young person? Mm. No, this is, it. is the answer. Do we know no, how much money this, this campaign actually... I just even shudder to think. Yeah, I think somebody else made the point as well that there are so many like people on the ground that have been working with kids who are seen as maybe um, just in danger of kind of like, because you know, there's this whole county lines thing as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we've got a, a gang issue as well. And there are literally people on the ground, like doing, actually doing things, doing the work. Mm. How much time and effort and resources does the government put into these 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 organisations that have been there for some time? Not enough. And into, they're cutting back. Yeah. And that's so the problem. So it's like, why you take give the money to the people and they've been crying out for it and asking for it all the time ongoing we need more funding we need more funding if Mm. we're going to tackle this problem when the problem wasn't even as big as it is now yeah and the government weren't funding it and then after all of that when the problem explodes as you might think it has right now then they start talking about chicken boxes. No, I'm telling you, it's an insult. I can't take Taking it on. Whole, listen, I can't take it on. I've got, anyway, I've just, I've just, I've just kind of had, had a thought as to who I'm going to put into shady corner because um, this whole conversation has just made me think of somebody who. Oh, anyway, we'll talk about her. <laughs> okay. Later. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about her later because some of the things that have been flying out of that one's mouth. She's a kick to the throat but anyway speaking of um women let's speak about a lovely a, a lovely woman that we kind of took to on um, love island i feel we've been talking about this show for such for such a while now mm. because it's had so many legs and so many kind of different kind of things layers and to, angles to discuss it mm. just keeps popping out so it will for a while so um you one day he was one of the contestants love on, Yawande. um love island the, the scientists as i like to call mm. her lovely girl beautiful girl who um she had quite a meaty role in the actual show. Like she was mm. one of like, like the staple characters. Mm. In Even there. when she left. Even when she left. Yeah, she definitely left her mark. Um, and she was invited to BBC Radio 1 Extra. Did I do it right, Ace? Great. Um, she was invited there to, and she was um, interviewed by Reese Parkinson who's one of the presenters on, on the radio station and he more or less kind of asked her about her thoughts on black women and representations of black women on shows like Love Island and how you know how she feels you know um, whether or not black women are actually desirable Mm. on shows like this. And she was very honest and very frank in her response. And she more or less said that her, of her opinion is that she feels like black men are not 
attracted to dark skinned black women, they more or less go for light skinned women. Mm. And she gave her reasons. She just said, you know, I just felt in terms of being picked by another black person, namely Sharif. Sharif, um, she just didn't step forward for him because she didn't think Mm. he would even go for her. So she actually just didn't go for it. Mm. Now, some people are like, yeah, understand it. I'm a black woman. I've been there before. Like, Mm. you know, I look at a black guy, you know, I think, you know, he's cute or whatever. And then I have the other thought of, you know, will he even like me because I'm black? Mm. So, you know, I just fall back. And then you have another set of people who are just like, nah, she's chatting out the side of her neck. Um, What is she talking about? She's just using colorism as an excuse. She likes white men anyway, blah, blah, blah. Just really trying to dismiss what she was saying. So, I mean, we talk about this quite a lot on this show as well, but it's like, what is it that people aren't seeing that black women clearly see and this is something that's actually quite global because I've heard it from different people who are from from like the US the Caribbean mm. different parts of Africa just black women across the globe are saying there is a segment of black men that do not like us mm. yeah is that a fair statement I think it's a very fair statement I thought we were all we were all a hunted on that <laughs> thought i thought we all we all knew that yeah (laughs) so i feel like the people who are being dismissive like out of hand dismissive about what um yuande has said are being are acting brand new Mm. i think they know and maybe they don't want to absorb the fact that they are part of what she's talking about Mm i.e. that they have, they recognise somewhere within themselves, although maybe, you know, they'd hate to say it and we hate to see it, Mm. that um, there definitely is a colourist issue in in society and it definitely leads to dark-skinned women having less value placed upon them, Mm. less social capital and social worth given to them as compared to women of lighter hues. Mm. And that is why you get scenarios where, as she was explaining in, in, in the interview, which I happened to see, that um, where she's placed or where she feels as though she's going to be placed in a lineup with maybe somebody like Amber, who's mixed race and so lighter skinned, um, and with a number of, of, of um, white females that she just she's going to fall back if a black man comes forward because experience mm, has told her. observation yeah. has told her that he's going to go for not her. Mm. I don't I don't think I, I could, when she was saying it. I couldn't see anything wrong with what she was saying. I was mm. thinking, yeah, big facts, <laughs> big facts. I think, Unfortunately, yeah, I think where facts. she came, maybe came unstuck or maybe where some people, when I say people, I mean men had a problem with it is she said all black men. Mm. I don't think it's fair to say that all black men, because I know there are black men out there that aren't into, that are very much into black women. Mm. However, what I find really bizarre is this dismissive nature that this doesn't happen at all. Mm. Because the same people that were trying to say that what she's saying is rubbish, were acting like that there isn't a problem with colorism. It doesn't Mm. exist because um, how do we know that Sharif wouldn't have liked her? Mm. But as you said, 
speaking, she's probably speaking from experience, mm. how she's felt, how certain black men have reacted to her mm-hmm. or how certain black men have said things to her face. And what you see going exactly. on all around so, us. Those people who are dismissive of her, if you're upset at the very fact that she said black men rather than some black men, I think you're being maybe a little bit kind of... um, You're missing the point. Yeah, you're missing the point. I think you're being willfully ignorant as Mm. well. You know exactly what she is saying. Mm. So deal with that as opposed to which percentage of society she's talking about. Well, you know, so like if she said... She did say it was some black men. If that was her actual wording, yeah, would you then be upset at the fact that she didn't actually specify which some? Mm. Would you be be upset because she didn't say it was twenty five percent, fifty percent, seventy five percent, whatever percentage? We know that within our community there is an issue with anti blackness, mm-hmm. and it would seem that black women are at the, the brunt bottom, of it. at the bottom of it. Yeah, and I, I mean. You know, you never see, you often see, let me put it this way, you often see when um, black women are being bantered Mm. about on um, like social media and other such platforms. One of the things that you often see is the first cards that people draw for Mm. is something in relation to darkness. You often see um, like black women compared to obviously male dark characters. Mm. Like you see, like someone will say, oh, this is a picture of Yawande and then put up. What's that? What's that Italian footballer's name? Ba- Which one? Is it Balotelli? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. And that's supposed to be jokes. But. Mm what the real um the real nexus is in their heads is the dark skin yeah so if we see that and i see it a lot Mm. if we see that what are people not interrogating where that comes from Mm. because it doesn't happen you don't see um someone like amber someone wouldn't say and put up a a picture of lewis hamilton and Mm. say oh this is a depiction Mm -mm. you know it just doesn't happen like that be like what kind of the people even get like yeah weird because it wouldn't resonate it wouldn't resonate it doesn't that the history isn't there right so the reason people do it is because they're making that nexus between the darkness Mm. and then it's saying that there's a certain masculinity about about dark-skinned women as opposed to femininity and beauty Mm. and all of those things and you see those things commonly often on um on 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 various platforms and this is why it makes me wonder again it's almost like the chicken thing are you just are you joking that you got, <laughs> is this are you is this really real right are now you joking me are you joking me yeah no for real do you know what's really interesting did you know when i really started to realize at one point when i thought okay this is it's bad Mm. But it's actually really bad now. Like mm. in this hair day, day and age, obviously colorism has been going on for forever. Mm. But I feel like it's worse now. And when I realized it was worse, when I started to see that black men weren't only just doing this, but they were actually cur- encouraging other men who aren't black to do the same thing. That's, that's, that's to me. We won't talk about a certain DJ who was it maybe a few years ago was on Twitter gang banging about black women. Who is it? That one that begins with L? Yeah. 
I don't even know who and it is, but I me, was like, hold on a bit. I'm looking at all of these tweets and I'm thinking to myself, I wasn't even up, upset with him. What really hurt me, and I, I will use the word hurt, was the fact that you had all of these black men that were gassing him up to do to to basically continue to do that. But to me, that's that's jokes. I'm going to have to use a really crude term here. Mm. Not that you haven't heard me say it before, <laughs> but you see all the guys around him. Yeah. It's good because then it lets me know that you lot are actual pussy holes. Yeah. But You're this is it. actual <laughs> real life. I'm like pussy holes. Because the thing is, what saddened me the most is like, okay, it's not it's not strange for me to see black men berating black women like that. But now you're actually actively engaging and encouraging somebody who isn't outside black. of your race. To yeah, do to do the what same that, thing to me. What, what are that? you doing? I just, so then you look at a girl like you mm. one day, you hear what she's saying and then you're trying to dismiss what she's saying as if to say this isn't even a thing. Well, now it's actually spilling outside of our own community. But do you know what? Are do you, you know, mad? Do you know, do you know more than that? More, more than that. What the bit that I don't understand if they don't understand is that it's a reduction for, for black men that stand by and watch this happen, gas it up, as you said, you know, join in the quote unquote banter, is that all it means is it's a, it's a reduction of their own social capital. And that's why I use the P word. Because mm. it actually, if, if a man from outside of your race could do that in front of you, do you know what that means he thinks of you? <laughs> ah, right. So I this can't is it because the, the joke on. of it is can you imagine do you remember when um, what's the name of the show Bat Chat remember mm-hmm. when Bat Chat had that white girl on there who in that, was it in that episode and everything blew up and she I think what she'd happened, been dumped I at think, a bus stop or something no like not that. honey that's honey oh, right. she, not her there was another girl I can't remember her name but basically I think she was a honey replacement oh, right. she was actually white so she was on there for maybe like two or three episodes mm. and then somebody pulled some old tweets of hers where she was like dissing the shit out of black women I thought honey did that as well no nah, it wasn't honey it was Is this, it? yeah it was this girl and she did that. And us, the matter so of, brave. Listen. <laughs> I don't understand. Obviously, Black Twitter came for her. It was obviously mostly women. And I just think to myself, Madness. do you think there's a white girl on this planet that can come on Twitter, start Madness. chatting grease about black men Madness. and she not get dragged by her edges? So my thing is, black men... Are you making on your watch? You're allowing this to happen That's what I'm saying. and laughing and kicking so and happy when you you know full well that we and I think I think for the most part I think they know that we will come and just jump to their defense, mm. even though we have our issues and we have our problems within mm. obviously our own community. Mm. They know that, and I think they're so used to it, and we're so good at doing it. Mm. They don't even realize when we do it. Hey, they, when they you don't say even, black men, yeah, they don't even have to ask. We'll just mm. be like, sure, no, we're, we're, like, where's she at? What's she say? She's finished. She's done out here. <laughs> done out She's done out here. There was a, wait, there was another guy who did that. something. With, so it was about you one day, actually, when the show first started. Yeah. Some white guy. <laughs> who, yeah, said, oh, she's some black, she called her a black dead thing or something <gasps> like that. Within 24 hours, my man had to take down his account. No. Listen, dead, and when what was funny about it is that when you went onto his page and you saw this big, sweaty looking, greasy you know, white guy chatting ones. shit about you one day. So who, but who came for him? Was it black men or was it black it women? It was, um, black, it was, a, it was a mixture. It was obviously mostly black women, but okay. he got dragged to the point where 
<laughs> the idiot thought, okay, in order to stop the dragon, what I'm going to do is post a picture of myself with my black mate standing oh, behind that. me. So that, <laughs> came, that came up and then people just started roasting him even more. So you thought this was going to save you till eventually the guy just actually deactivated his um, Twitter account, which is probably best. But the, the, the actual point that I'm making mm. was the fact it took all of like 0.3 seconds for that man and his tweets to be gone. Mm, now, mm, I'm, mm. I'm trying to think... I'm trying to think of an example where a white girl would ever have the space, the time and opportunity to, it just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. I saw a really interesting thread um, on Twitter today about, um, about the social levels of, Mm. you know, so black men, black women, white men and white women. Right. And how it can change how your status can change depending on who you marry right it was really quite interesting because this was a black woman and she was saying that unfortunately and in reality because of all the social capital social clout we can call it that that black men have let go of Mm. in terms of in their pursuit they thought of trying to gain more power so in terms by by almost pooing on their women. Yeah. So they've they haven't realized that they've actually let go of some of their own social clout that now it becomes almost ironic because then for a black woman to want to attach herself to, i.e. marry mm-hmm. a black man, leaves her, leaves them as a couple yeah, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. devoid Mm-mm. of any social social clout in that sense. And it was just, just when she reasoned it out, I just thought, look at that. And she was saying, black men are to blame. (laughs) (laughs) Black men are to blame. It's it's some black men, not all of us. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, it is all of you because you're complicit because the thing that you should be doing is pulling up your other black men when they do that. But the problem is you don't want to do this because you're so kind of... um, you're more like inclined to do bro code than you are protect the sister code that's out there getting fucked over by everyone. Mm-hmm. You're more and inclined the, to do but that. Then, and then that therein lies the irony because because you, you come too late saying, oh, not all men, mm. when you should have been pulling up your brothers. Unfortunately, those men that you didn't pull up, they've reduced your own social clouds. Mm. Because you're all lumped together now. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's no point coming out and saying not all men because Mm. you've allowed it to be all men because you haven't pulled them up at the right time. Mm. Oh, when I was reading it, I was like, this thread is delicious, man. It's sad, (laughs) but its consumption was delicious because it made some sense. So what do you say to those? And I actually, um, this question, somebody um, posted this in a group about the interview and it was from a woman Mm. saying that you one day needs to believe in her own source. That's why she's not getting picked by these men no 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 that's got nothing to do with it i mm. think you one day knows knows she's do you know what i mean she, mm. she she believes in her own source she definitely knows that she's a painting her name's not madison but you know <laughs> <laughs> them dead jokes there oh, foolish girl <laughs> that was so funny um no but i think she knows mm. that she's hot yeah and but knowing that you're hot if you're not 
if you're not in vogue, if you're not in mm. in in, doesn't matter in how flavor, much confidence you have, if somebody's like, I don't like you because you're black, that's it. You can't. That's nothing their to mind. do with you and your confidence. Yeah, that's and, them. And the thing is, it shouldn't. It, we shouldn't. We shouldn't feel as though it has to be for somebody to impress their hotness on somebody yeah. else. Yeah, like, I know I'm hot. I don't go around shouting on off the rooftops about it. And if nobody, if I go, if I walk into a room and it's all, you know, just to use a, a, an example, black guys clamoring over white girls, that's not going to make me feel any less hot. Mm. It informs me about those guys, but it doesn't, even if I'm there saying, oh, but I'm hot, I'm hot, I'm hot. If they're not on it, they're mm, not on it. So mm. it's just, that's just what it is. <laughs> it, made, it made me laugh when I, when, when the girl, when I read it from the girl, I was just thinking to myself, you're probably one of them girls who think you're so amazing that everything about you, any guy that d- wouldn't ordinarily like you would just, would just, would just switch. And that, that's not how the world works. It's like, nobody is a hundred percent going to turn around because you have said or you believe in your your own own source that all of a sudden somebody who ordinarily wouldn't be attracted to you is just going to be like you know what yeah Mm. if they don't like you they just don't like you Mm. that's it and what we're discussing is the fact that it is very strange that somebody would say that they don't like you because of your blackness, especially if they are black. Mm. To me, that's some cycle. That's mad. It is. It's self-hatred. That's actually, it's but that's self-hatred. where it all comes And from. it's historical. So for you to kind of overlook that, just, mm, no. Yeah. Uh, so I've uh, just coming back to like, like we said about the Yuande thing, I think our, our joint view is people are acting brand new, acting yeah. like they don't get it. We know that there's an issue. It's shown time and time again that there's an issue. Um, there's even an issue, as you've pointed out, from outside mm. in, not even just within us black folks. So the ratings aren't even coming in from the outside in. So if everyone wants to just be all like legally blind and can't see and bird box and they just don't want to understand it, then... I think what's going to happen and happen and happen is that the only time that I think black guys will wisen up to it is when they, when the penny drops Mm. that by black women being devalued, Mm. dark skinned black women being devalued, they too, Mm. having been complicit, have devalued their own self. And only when it touches them, Mm -mm. I think will people kind of be like, no, 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 this shouldn't be happening. Like right now it's all lip service being paid to it. Even when people do recognize it, you're still every minute if it's in a song you're talking about lighties you're doing mm-hmm. do you know what I mean if it's in a video it's light-skinned um women if it, it you know partnering up it's 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 flames mm. everyone can see it <laughs> like, I sometimes I, mean, I don't even know what like, we're talking about here well, what are we disagreeing with here like yeah are we denying what eyes like, yeah eyes like seriously on a daily it's basis? lived experience so right, well, if you want to do that then go ahead then I guess whatever floats your boat innit? but ending it on I love you one day yeah. I love I love her. Skin Keep doing tone. what you're doing, you one day. You look fabulous, darling. She does. She looks beautiful. Yes. Um, all right, let's let's move on. We talk about this Jeffrey Epstein kind of um arrest and then suicide. Are we are, are we talking conspiracy theories here? Is this what's going on? What's happening in the world? First of all, I would like to say I'm glad he's dead. Do you know what I would like to say? <laughs> I know I hear you on that. Do you know what I would like to say? You know, um, words become things. So it's like, you know, obviously 
back in the days, if you said, oh yeah, my gang, doesn't have that connotation of yeah. violence, criminality, fear. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like the word conspiracy. Mm. Now, when people say, oh, conspiracy theorists are going to have a field day about this. But it, it already implies that, you know, that, that, that those people being labelled as conspiracy theorists are in some way wacky yeah. or they're having like really mad ideas and stuff. But when you break down the facts <laughs> as we know them... It's not too wild. It's not wild at all. Yeah. It's not wild at all. I, I, I could quite easily, if I sat down, if someone sat before me and said, dup, 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 I could be- yeah if they often I could mm. believe that would happen yeah, why yeah. I mean are we I mean, living- are we are we still at that stage where we just think that this world's a nice rosy cozy place probably but the thing is when you think about the 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 amount of important and really just you know rich filthy disgustingly rich people that this man is linked to mm. and who he's been photographed with and um just- and more to the point who who have been said or rumored to have um, been involved in his little, yeah. you know, penchant for young, for young sex workers or not even sex workers, people that have been almost forced. Yeah. Forced mm, mm. into sex work. Mm. There's a picture. Abused. Yeah. There's victims. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a picture of, of um, Jeffrey Epstein, um, which was taken obviously a good couple of years ago. And um, he's on the boat at some party. He's on there. That one of the young girls that he allegedly, I think, was just had had his way with, um, what's his name? Salvio. Oh, I've forgotten his name, but I think he's like owns some sort of racing car. No, he owns Ferrari. What's Is it Flavatore? Something. Yeah, like that. he used yeah. to be married to um, what's her face? Heidi he was. Plum. Yeah, he's on there, and Naomi Campbell is also pictured in there. But Naomi, Naomi is looking at the little girl like, what are you doing here? Sort of thing. Mm. Like the look like the look of disgust on her face. Mm. It's like, just looking at the picture alone, I just thought, Naomi looks like she's like, first of all, what are you doing here? Secondly, something ain't right. Mm. Sort of thing. Like the whole setup of the picture, to me, when I look at it, just gives me that kind of energy. Mm. It's just, it's just, the whole thing is just sick. You know, the thing is as well, just not I hope I stay on topic Mm. and I hope this doesn't feel feel too left field but you know when you think about um like in some of some of the industries that my friends have been in like music media and stuff like that and in particular media and I'm thinking of a few years back and even kind of fashion actually yeah right I've been to certain parties and sometimes it's not even the topper tops that are at those parties. Mm. But one thing that I can say about some of the things that I've seen go down at those parties is that there always seemed to me to be this um, this code, mm. this unspoken code that what goes down at the party stays, stays at, at the, the party. party. Yeah, yeah. So I never find it difficult to believe when I hear in these higher kind of echelon type parties Mm. where the people are on certain kind of scales where, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not 
it's not Joe Public. Mm. It's not Joe anyone that's mm. in there. You know, you got to have a certain level yeah, of yeah. of reach to be in there. That all kinds of wild stuff. Can be going on. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. So then, when you start thinking about who he is, who Epstein is known to be. And when I say known to be, I don't just mean the rumours, I mean the facts. Mm. Like he's got the previous criminal conviction and that was just for, oh, I can't remember what it was just for, but it was, he got a real good deal, like a stupidly good Mm. deal, Mm. which already suggests someone that's got A, a lot of money and B, is well connected. Yeah. But so, so when you know that that's what he's about Mm. and then you hear about him being at certain parties with certain people to me i have all the building blocks to be able to accept well if he's about that life and he's in there rolling about mixing with you guys Mm. to me there's a good there's a good opportunity that you lot are going to be about that life Mm. as well oh yeah so i don't like so then going back to the original thing Mm. of when we say or when people say, I know we didn't say it, but when people start talking about our conspiracy theorists, mm. to me... Why is we, it so, it's not so far-fetched? It's not so far-fetched. And we need to oh, not okay. use that term because that term mm. now becomes almost like, you know, like... Like, like it's a fairy tale. Like, yeah. Because, oh, you, you know, obviously years down the line, everyone will forget about it because it's like, oh, it's just rumours and yeah. it's just, it's, you know, It was gossip. the conspiracy theorists. Nah, nah, it was rational people... Yeah putting together rational thoughts based on real life, based on what happens. And so going back to then the issue of him now having been arrested on further charges, all this chit chat about his connection with Donald Trump and others, Mm -hmm. Prince Andrew from, you know, UK royalty being one name that's being bandied about. When you think about, Again, what we're talking about, those people rolling with him, basically. (laughs) And then what the allegations we've already heard in relation to Donald Trump. And there is an allegation floating around in relation to Prince Andrew. He must know a lot. He must have known and seen a lot. He himself had already turned up at some court, court appearance and apparently he had neck injuries. So he was placed on suicide watch. So you tell me how it is that such an important prisoner in terms of what could have come mm. of his um, case and or conviction, somebody who's already on suicide watch in some kind of high security prison <laughs> Had such manages, a luster security. Man, security that they said everyone fell asleep. They were asleep. And he nah. managed to top himself. Nah, man. Something in the milk ain't clean. Something in the milk is not clean. Yeah, the whole story is just... And, you know, I just... The, the thing is, we're just... I go back to... We're at that stage now, I hope, where just a little bit of consumption of the news tells us a little bit of consumption look at her face yep a little bit of consumption of news lets you know that there are some real dirty slimy just awful things that are going on this in this world in the hands of people who are you know decision makers and in power and it's just you know, it's just, it's to me, it's not far-fetched at all. 
that to, to close a chapter, <laughs> someone might have to lose their life. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Nastiness. It's horrible. I'm telling you. Oh, God. All right, let's get off this subject. It's making me feel ill. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not upset that a man is gone because I think I watched a documentary about him and I can only watch maybe like 15 minutes of it because some of the things that they were saying, I was like, mm. this man was crazy, mm. actually crazy. So he's got to go. And the minute R. Kelly decides, you know, he's going to leave his cell so that he can go to this hearing, <laughs> he can go too. Mm. he can go to so yeah so anyway let us move on and we're just going to wrap this up um shady corner versus you are the light is there anyone you want to put into shady corner um shady corner i can't think of anybody actually all right well let me do mine um preeti patel the Home Secretary, mm. she can go into Shady Corner. Some of the things that are coming out of this woman's mouth is unbelievable. Her and what's the other one? Sajiv, Sad, oh, what's his name? But, oh. Those conservatives. Yeah, basically Just them. them. Like, I hate this whole thing of like, right, whoever you are, you can vote for whoever you want. Conservatives, Labour, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But there's this thing, and they do it in America as well with the Republicans versus the, versus the Democrats, that they think that, you know, if you're a person of colour, then obviously you have to vote for the Democrats. And over here, if you're a person of colour, you have to vote for Labour. I'm like, you can vote for who you want. But when you start chatting shit, like certain <laughs> things don't apply to you because you're now either a Conservative or you're a Republican. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Preeti Patel is now saying that any immigrant that comes to this country has to earn £36,000 or more. How much money did your parents earn when they came here? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? I think she's one of them people who's now she's in a certain position and she's like, you've clearly forgotten yourself because you, I know your parents aren't indigenous to the UK. Mm. I know that. There's no way you can sit there and tell me, look me dead in the face and tell me that your parents came over here with even a smidgen of that money. Mm. But yet here you are making demands of, of, um, of immigrants. To, to ma- Are you mad? To me, I just... I hate her so much. I don't understand how, like, honestly, I've said it before in conversations about politics and that I know it sounds quite simplistic sometimes, but I'm really at the point where (laughs) I, like, I don't understand who votes conservative. And this Mm. is not, this is, you know, across colour lines, like looking at where we are Mm. as a country now. Okay. And we used to discuss it even last season when we spoke about things such as it being, you know, 2017 or 18 or 19, as it then was, people in the UK, Great Britain, as they want to start talking about it, having to go to food banks. Mm. When they brought in universal credit and just messed up so many people's lives in terms of reducing the amount of benefits that they had. And I know some people say, oh, you sound like a bleeding heart liberal. Why should they be on benefits? But, mm-hmm. you know, we have to accept that there are some people because of whatever reason, I don't need to justify it for them, but they mm. are on benefits. And if they are on benefits and we do have a welfare state that gives people benefits, right, right. then we've actually got to give them 
what they need mm. benefits in order to allow them to live, to live yeah. if you remove that what exactly are you doing mm. what are you saying mm. what are we doing do you know what i mean and that that sort of thing under the conservative government i just you know when i when i think about so many things that have happened that in in more recent times the buffoonery <laughs> that we've seen over brexit yeah. i just and then you see you hear about you you know scenarios such as grenfell and you see the way the government the head of our society has reacted to those people the, the contempt Mm-mm at which they're held, they're, they're, they're dealt with. Who is voting for these? I don't know. I don't know. I'm baffled at this stage. Well, I literally went on Question Time um, trying to debate with um, that comedian Ian Hislop about um, capital punishment um, being a deterrent for crime. And he was like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, when hell? has that ever been a deterrent? Have you gone to other countries and seen where they have um, capital punishment, where they have the death penalty, there's still crime there. So what deterrent is it? Right, exactly. Where are you getting this from? There was a reason why we stopped it in the 60s because it doesn't actually work. Doesn't work. And it's like, you're you're saying this, then you're talking about um, capital punishment. Now, what's the other thing? And obviously um, Boris Johnson um, was speaking about how he's made space for 10,000 more prisoners and that he's put 20,000 police, extra police on, on the street. The only thing that I'm, I'm like, okay, the 20,000 police, I do feel like we need extra police. However, why have you made more space for an, for to, to fill up more of these prisons, a lot of them which are already privatised? When like, prison, what when are you prison doing? is not even a rehabilitative venture anymore. But this is it. It's, but he, he, he's saying it's, oh, it's for rehabilitation. It's not. When is, no, we've done all the studies into this. It doesn't work. So it just makes There's no funding right? <laughs> for the rehabilitative right? element So what are you talking prison? about? Where are you getting, like, you've got to, it's just like, just like with the chicken shop thing. It's like, I need a breakdown as to how you came up with these ideas. What is it based on? What stats do you have? Who is, who is the person you're speaking buff- Buffoonery. What research have you done? Or have you just said, these people are all bad. Let's just throw them in jail. These kids, they're all black kids and black kids love chicken. Let's just write these stupid stories on the box. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Where is this coming from? And you got this idiot woman... Like, I'm sorry. No, you can't be a person of colour talking about how you need to be earning 36k to, to come into the country. Like I said, but that, how much money that did your parents her, earn? I think that to her is her, her, her current position and the stance she takes it is her cloak of assimilation, isn't it? But this is it. But the thing is, you're doing all of this. They still don't respect you. Mm. Do you know what they're calling you behind your back? Mm. Some of them even saying it to your face. They don't mind. She think, doesn't. She doesn't mind. She, she doesn't she's mind like because the same, on the same level, you're not. It. Once, once a person is is set on or had their hearts or had that as a goal, that that assimilation, yeah, that acceptance. Like I finally arrived. Then they've allowed you to do gonna, that. Yeah, that's going to override. I think any kind of morals that you and I will try to place on the scenario in, in viewing it. It just you know it it will when has anyone ha, has she or any other person of color within the conservative camp 
maybe someone like a Sean Bailey, mm. have they come out and tackled Boris Johnson on some of the things that mm. he said about other um, minority to the UK communities? Mm. So like the whole comment about Muslim women in um, the hijabs or the niqabs and looking like uh, post boxes, boxes yeah. and burglars and like, you know, the comments that he's made about you know, black people and their watermelon smiles, like and all of that. I mean, it's has historic. anybody? Like, oh, but yeah, has anybody? Has mean? anybody interrogated him and said, "Well, actually, I think we need to do something to show or to 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 seem at least contrite for that?" Yeah, or is yeah. it just kind of like whatever? Yeah, yeah. Fine, you know, it's just Boris being Boris. That's that's the kind of attitude I get. It's just you know he's very eccentric. You know he can't help himself. And if, but, but if that really mean it, so if that's right, then oh, okay. then once again, <laughs> we know what the okie dokie is. <sighs> There's no point us stressing about it. There's no point us Smart. wondering why Pretty Patel behaves the way she does. We know why. Mm. We know why. You know, at this stage of affairs, in all the things that we've discussed. The writing is on the wall. I can't take she's actually out here cooning for coin. Like, relax yourself. The writing's on the chicken box, I should say. Right. And on that note, <laughs> let's it, move on let's to move in the on light. Let's the light because I've already got a headache. Yeah, let's um, get some lightness back Tony in Tony Morrison, here. may you rest in peace. You would never, never do a pre-tea. Never in your not. life. You shouldn't even put them in the same sentence. Do you know what I mean? Not. This woman was just an amazing, amazing writer, extremely inspirational. Um, I think the video of her um, interview, being interviewed by um, this white reporter who had the nerve to ask the question, when are you going to write? Or when do you feel the need to write about white people or... Mm. And she's like, do you know how racist that question is? Mm. And the reason why she said it was racist was like, if I was white, you would never say to me when you're going to start writing about black people. Mm. Tony, you, you know, when I, it's when I, um, I was on social media, I think I might have been, um, was I on Twitter? What platform was I on when I first saw it? I think I might have been on Twitter. And then somebody tweeted it. Mm. And honestly, I looked at it and I thought, that can't be right. What level of... Mm. That better not be right. <laughs> and so then I put her name into Google. Yeah. And obviously all the um, reports came up. And I was just like... I was at home and I was just like staring at my screen. Oh, la. The... Tears that just mm, followed mm. for long as well. I couldn't even stop. I was just like, wow. Mm. Wow. Like, wow. And then it was in that moment that I started thinking about the, um, the impact that she'd really had on me as an author and I think I said in something that I wrote on um, on either, in, I think it was on Instagram, that, you know, when I was younger, I used to read loads of books. Mm. Like I was into my books and I used to read books that were probably, you know, some of the themes were a bit too 
adult for me mm-hmm. but I just because I used to love reading I just used to get my hands on books and read books and you know that was actually quite encouraged my dad used to give me loads of books yeah but oftentimes when I read read books I was just reading the stories so I'd look at obviously the front cover you'd see who wrote it then that's out of your mind you're just yeah, reading yeah. the book I don't know what it was but this is why um, Toni Morrison became special to me. It may really have been what I read in the books right, right. that made me start thinking, who's writing this? Mm. So then I started finding out about her. I was a bit older by that stage, yeah. but then started finding out about her. And then um, I think that's just when... I think I'm coming on my food, you know, so I mm. don't even want to cry. But I think that's when I just felt like... Just like, um, just amazed by her. Yeah. By her openness. Like by her, um, just her ability to be so expressive. Because, you know, sometimes you try to write some stuff and you have, the, there's this block. There's a, there's a point where you can stop. I, I feel like this must be the difference between a real writer and someone like me who wants to be. Remember, remember that Remember that show? I'm an author. <laughs> I'm an author. I'm an author. No, no, no. I have. I have. I'm an author. But but what I can say is what I can say about how some people write, and Toni Morrison was one of them, was that there's a certain amount of, and you can feel it even when she's writing fictional stuff, like non biographical stuff you can feel there's just a kind of oh, I don't even know it's just just a kind of just broadness and just just freeness mm. in what she's putting down it was wild and it was something that was was apparent to me and it made me want to find out more about the author not just these the story. amazing yeah. stories that she'd written and so that that's why I kind of always held her up in just like mad high esteem. But obviously you don't, you don't, it's not, I don't think about Toni Morrison on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. And then once again, it's what happens when you hear mm-hmm. that your heroes have died. Yeah, man. It's awful. It's awful. So I was, I was, yeah, I, I was, I was devastated, but you know mm. what? As many people were saying and, um, I think the word might be eulogising when they were writing about her. You know, her her words, they live on. Her books definitely live on. All the interviews that you talk about that so many people have seen and social media have helped spread and the written um, transcripts of ones that, you know, one in particular that I have, they're just there. They're going to be timeless. And I just feel like... She's another one of those people that just like, that just encourages me to be bold. So even in her, mm. her absence, and even though I've never met her, I think that's what I take away from her life. It's just like, just be bold, man. What's your favourite Toni Morrison book? I would have to say... Beloved scare the shit out of yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I don't even, I don't even really like the film. Yeah. I don't even really like the film. I, I'm going to say The Bluest Eye... Mm. Just because even and that's got some really kind of themes in it of, um, yeah, of, you know, 
um, self-loathing, rape, all mm. kinds of madness. But it's not because of that. Mm. It's because that's the one that I remember reading first. Mm. I feel like that's that was her first book that I read. And so I was just like, the, f- the yeah. what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that it sticks with me because that to me is is the opening. I want to reread um, Love, mm. and actually on the same day that I heard, I took it. I went and found it on one of my bookshelves, and I took it out, and I've mm. got it down in front of me every day in my living read. room. <laughs> I need to find the space, yeah, yeah. find the to, time um, to reread yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, rest um, in peace, Tony. Man. Definitely. definitely. And you know what? One. On a whole different tangent, one thing that I've noticed is that because um, it was Whitney Houston's birthday the other day. Oh yeah. One thing that I've noticed is that there's just some women that have just gone before us that have just done mm. some things, man. <laughs> I don't even. Yeah. I can't even make it any I've better. Done my than time. That. I've given you everything. Yeah. It's time for me to leave. Yeah. Just proper. Just. Black female legends, man. Just Whitney's another one. Don't even get me started. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I remember when I heard Michael Jackson died. I and cried. I remember, you see, my it was a slow burn yeah. for me, you know. It was Actually a slow cried. burn. Yeah. But Whitney, <laughs> utter devastation. I didn't cry with Whitney because I knew it was coming because she was in such a bad way. I never thought she'd And went up to that, I really did. I was like, nah, this ain't. I knew that about her and I knew that about Amy Winehouse. So when I heard yeah, it, I just was in shock. With Amy. I was upset, definitely. but not like. <gasps> Could you remember that whole that whole um, season mm. just before Amy started then getting clean mm. where she was just a wreck and cameras were all up all over it. Mm. And I just. It was, it was horrible, it was horrible to watch. Yeah, but horrible. I didn't, you know, I wasn't blaming her. I was like, is it, this, mm. that's when I knew that the media were mm. dirty, yeah. dirty scumbags mm. as well. Mm. All over it. You can see, you can, you can physically and visibly mm. see that this girl is ill. Yeah. Let's call it that because addiction is an illness. Mm-hmm. And you lot are still trailing mm. her with cameras. Ugh, it was horrible. I don't mm. want to think back to that time. Yeah, so I wasn't sure, but I think because in my head, Michael Jackson is like a staple of my childhood. So in my head, mm. I just thought he was just going to live forever. Mm. Like I, I couldn't imagine a life without Michael Jackson and mm. Michael Jackson mm. music. Mm. So when mm. he died, it was like, what, the, what are you talking about? Because mm. just think about his influence. It wasn't just... It was just in everything. It's just he just permeated in everything. Even mm. the arts we have today, it's just there. Like you see Chris Brown, you see MJ, you see Amari, you see MJ, you see mm. Ciara, you see MJ, you see. Oh, well, I'm just like, and mm, mm, mm. I was like, oh shit, yeah. And Gee. like same thing, the whole paparazzi stuff. Like it's just. You remember Wacko Jacko? Do you yeah, remember that or name? they just hounded that man into like fucking oblivion. Mm. it's a lot so yeah but anyway rest in peace Toni Morrison and all the greats all Prince the greats. we miss you as well right all of that yeah purple so, red you know what I mean purple red let's give a little shout out to Prince dear but I just oh, let me end this on just a quick note I just want to say Nara Rogers you're an amazing an amazing an amazing man I took my mum to go and see him for her birthday and I was like this man is actually my musical dad he's everyone's when's musical dad when's your mum's birthday it's 12th of August oh right okay so we're 
took her a week before. So he performed at the South Bank and mm. he kind of, um, it was really good. It was a weird type of concert because he kind of opened it by like sharing how he kind of put together a lot of his songs. Mm. And he shared with us an un, unheard piece of footage of how he came up with Let's Dance with mm. um, David Bowie. Mm. And he said initially Let's it was, dance. yeah, yeah. He said David more or less came up to him with this really rubbish kind of chord. It was just like dead. And he was just like, what the hell is this? Like, it's supposed to be David Barry. He's supposed to know how to play. Apparently he heard he's a fan of jazz. Yada, yada, yada. And he came in with some dead chord like, <laughs> so at the time, obviously, Niall is a new up and coming producer. So he's thinking to himself, okay, shall I just like gas him and tell him, yeah, that, 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 that is amazing? <laughs> or should I be like, nah, that ain't gonna work? So he thought, you know what? I know that he, he, he loves jazz music and he understands certain language and everything. Mm. So he just said, look, do you mind if I take that dirt, dirt and kind of arrange it? Do something with it. Which is a, the word arrange is a pep apparently a popular a popular terminology in jazz mm. with jazz musicians so David was like yeah sure so he went away with a dun, dun, and he came back and then he played us the recording of what he did and how he embellished it yeah. and it was just so good it was like about six minutes long mm. but you just heard how they created it and it kind of Built, built over the t- over the, the you know the duration of the track mm. and how they would like proper jamming in there and David Barry he was doing riffs and everything it was mm. amazing like adding in his I he love goes, that sort of stuff he was like it was literally off the rip like he yeah. came up with all of those words just there yeah and then he was like yep we got it that was the one and it was so good because you could hear how old it was because you could hear the cackle mm. you know like when there's like <laughs> that mm, kind of noise mm, in like really old kind mm. of audio recordings I was like this is amazing and then they the next they had a break and then we went into the actual concert and he came back with Chic yeah and that was just sick there was this girl there's this girl in his band yeah oh my god her voice you know you can tell like this black woman was probably born in a church somewhere in the deep (laughs) south come out singing because her voice she did you know, he wrote um, Get Lucky with Pharrell. Uh-huh. So she did Pharrell's bit. So, you know, obviously Pharrell's got a nice nice little sweet voice. Mm-hmm. When my girl put her gospel vocals on that, I was like, oh my God, I want to buy this again wow. with her on, singing on it. Yeah. So like, I am going to cry when Niles kind of like, oh, don't. Meets, I'm not, not even going to talk it. about it. But that Let's man right there, it. when you look at his back catalogue, yes, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That same day I went to 51st State Festival mm. and I was saying to my friend today, I was like, Niles could actually headline that entire festival because yeah. of all the, you know, he's like responsible for kind of. And the genres being, that he cuts across. Yeah. yeah. Cuts across so many. I'm like, he, he could go out there and like, he, he'd smash it. He'd yeah. actually smash it. So thanks again, Niles. I won't mention your, um, your death because I want you to stay around for as long as possible. Amen. Um, but yeah, but we need to wrap this up. I was just getting excited just then, but I'm um, talking about all our, all our heroes and greats. So hopefully you guys will join us next week yeah and stay um, healthy stay yeah. lucky stay happy and we'll we'll see you soon Peace. we out bye